That is right, folks. Welcome to Octopi Hockey Town. I'm your host, Austin Goodman. We're talking a lot of stuff today about the Detroit Red Wings' heavy homestand last week. Starting off against the LA Kings, Nicholas Cronwell may have gotten the luckiest goal of his NHL career and finishing up at the end of the week against the Florida Panthers, who seem to have the Detroit Red Wings number this season. Erickson, Alfredson, Gustafson, and Helmer all return to the lineup, and Zetterberg is down yet again. We'll talk about the positives and negatives of this week, only here on Octopi Hockey Town. So guys, the last week of play, the Red Wings have looked good and ready for another consecutive playoff run, but, you know, going 3-1-1 in their homestand, dropping games against the St. Louis Blues, and a tragic shootout loss to the Florida Panthers, it's hard to expect the Red Wings to to get the momentum that they need to be able to push into the Sochi games and then come out afterwards and stay on top, stay healthy 100% going into the playoffs. The Wings looked good up and down the ice, and they had solid defense with the return of Jonathan Erickson against the LA Kings, giving them a bit more depth on the back end. Albertson, Helm, and Ferranzen all made solid returns. Zetterberg, Datsuk, Howard, and Anderson, although are still out, all of them are looking to return to the lineup by Tuesday against the Philadelphia Flyers or later on in the week. Zetterberg is day-to-day. Now, I want to start talking about this Tatar, Sheehan, and Yurko line. Tatar has 12 goals on the season from what used to be an AHL up-and-coming rookie to what is now a second-line left winger for the Detroit Red Wings. It's truly incredible when a player comes into a team and flourishes on the ice with opportunity. Mike Babcock is all about the players that he has on the ice. He wants to make sure that the players that he is putting on the ice are following what he is saying to do and put making the plays that they need to make and pushing and pushing and pushing until they are made and molded into better hockey players. Mike Babcock, as a coach, is all about making sure that his players are in tip-top shape come playoff time. This season's a little bit of a difference. The playoffs, the playoff picture's a little bit distant right now. The Red Wings have a little bit more to focus in on on nursing players and getting the fundamentals down and getting consistency both on the ice and in net. The Red Wings are struggling and going into the Sochi games where it's going to be high competitive, high intensity, top, the top players in the world playing against each other for their countries. The Olympics will affect the Detroit Red Wings. Will it affect them positively or negatively? Nobody can really put their finger on that one. It depends who's playing. It depends who comes out within the games and shows that they're ready to come back and play the way that they were playing. In my mind, I have two people, Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. Both of these players have been struggling very heavily with injuries all season. And to the fact that they're still at the top of the point leaders list for the team... That's what should worry people the most. If two injured players, two players that have missed 15, 20 games on the season are leading your team in points, you're not. You're clearly not scoring enough. You're not getting enough points to win games, and you're not putting yourself in a position to be able to be 
contenders for a playoff spot come the stretch at the end of the season. The stretch at the end of the season is when you were trying to put out the best product that you have been developing for the entire season. Can the Red Wings pull that together with the Olympics as kind of a a rock in the road in front of them? It's a question, it's a concern, and we'll talk about it more later. I want to get into the LA Kings game. They squeaked out a win with... I have to say, one of the craziest goals I have ever seen in my entire life. Nicholas Gronwall took a snapshot from the top of the left circle, and it bounced off of some guy, popped up into the mesh, and it came back down in a diagonal Joe Lewis arena-style way to hit off the back of Jonathan Quick and go into the net to tie the game up in the third period with a minute and a half left in the game. That, that right there is just truly unpredictable. And that also, of course, shouldn't have happened. The, the refs should be watching and knowing where the puck is at all times. If it hits the mesh, it's out. But there was no whistle. There was no call. The puck went into the net. Therefore, it's a good goal and unreviewable in that circumstance going into the stretch at the end of the game. More, more depth on the ice is what Mike Babcock is looking for. And with Erickson returning, and Cronwall, Alfredson, and Erickson all starting to get back on the same score sheet, and Zetterberg eventually coming back into the mix, and Pavel Dotsu coming back into the mix, and the youngsters starting to step up their play and becoming players that they know that they can be and are truly proving it already that we already talked about, this team is a contending team for many amazing, amazing leaps and bounds that they have come over this year with injuries. They have not had their starting lineup the entire season. Not once. Not once have they had all the players that Mike Babcock would look at and say, I want those top 12 forwards and those back six defensemen on the ice right now. I don't know when that's going to come. Nobody knows. The in, there are, it's not just the Detroit Red Wings. It's all around the National Hockey League. The National Hockey League, it seems to me that there have been more injuries this season than there have been in any season, and not even just in hockey, in many sports around the board. The sports are getting faster, quicker, stronger, but way more dangerous. It's not a gentleman's sport anymore in any sport. It is not. It is pure competitiveness. It is going out there to earn your buck, especially in college where you're tearing ACLs, getting flipped in the air, where you're getting your shoulder broken in because somebody wanted to make that last play to get to where they want to be in the NFL because they want to get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. It is a completely different nature. The media hypes it up. Other fans hype it up. The games themselves are marketed differently. Players struggle to keep themselves healthy, and the Red Wings are feeling that in the worst way this season. But, nonetheless, the game went into overtime. There was no goals recorded in overtime, so it went into a shootout where we got Thomas Sitar scoring for the Detroit Red Wings. Kopitar, Carter, and Richards all missed, along with Zetterberg and Yurko giving Tatar the deciding factor in the game against the LA Kings that they truly probably wish they would have had and they probably lost a little bit, a little bit of sleep over that but I loved it. So um 
moving moving into the uh, slaughtering that we had against the St. Louis Blues, the worst, probably the worst game that I've seen that the Red Wings have played all season. They got knocked around up and down the ice. Howard dropped in the second with a knee tweak, and uh, you know we talked about this earlier. Should be back on Tuesday against Philadelphia, uh, against the Philadelphia Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, when they didn't look fund- fundamentally sound. That that that's the fact of the matter. They didn't look fundamentally sound. They were not getting passes off. They were not containing the puck in the neutral zone. They were not making plays. They got outbeat on home ice. They got put down. Put down hard by a fiery St. Louis Blues team. It was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Getting murked the way that the Red Wings did. I they ha- there's a lot of rebuilding that has to do when you're n- when you don't have the exact players that you want out there, but you can't let that happen on home ice. You cannot let that happen on home ice. Gustav Nyquist had the only goal of the game, which was assisted by returning Zetterberg and Sheehan. Riley Sheehan has really stepped up his play and become a top player for the Red Wings. He's out there on that power play line with Nyquist and Zetterberg in this game and really making moves to become a top name on this Red Wings team. He's a feisty forward. He's strong. He's big. He can shoot, and he knows what he wants to do on the ice. After the loss of the St. Louis Blues, in my personal opinion, I thought they were going to drop the game to the Chicago Blackhawks because the Chicago Blackhawks are just one of the best teams in the National Hockey League right now. They truly know what they want to do and who they want to get the puck to Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Sharp, uh, Brent Seabrook, all these players, uh, Saad, you know, uh, their, their goaltending in Corey Crawford, a lot of the elements of their team really come together nicely and Marion Hosa, Andrew Shaw, all of these players, they're just such top names. They know what it's like to win a Stanley Cup. They know what it's like to have a playoff style game against a rivalry team and that's what we saw against the Detroit Red Wings uh, when they faced off for the first time since the Western Conference semifinals last year where the Red Wings had a 3-1 to lead going into um, uh, Game 5 and they dropped dropped the game. They dropped Games 5, 6, and 7 and they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks who eventually went on to win the Stanley Cup and kudos to them because they really do have the best team in the National Hockey League. They are up there and competing with some of the best teams. The Anaheim Ducks are another top-notch team. Um, We got sp- uh, the, the, the Detroit Red Wings got spanked by the Anaheim Ducks earlier on in the season. Um, but in this Blackhawks game, it, it was a playoff-style hockey game. The Red Wings were coming out there with a wing, with a chip on their shoulder, and the Blackhawks were coming out there ready to play their style of game. The Red Wings have been struggling this season. The Blackhawks have been successful. You would expect for the outcome to come a little bit differently, but it was high-scoring game. Marion Hosa and Andrew Shaw got the first two goals of the game, quickly scoring, but it was responded. It hasn't been happening throughout the entirety of the season. The Detroit Red Wings have not come back and produced after they were down. Thomas Tatar and Patrick Eves both got on the scoreboard. Patrick Eves got a beautiful pass from Justin Ablocator, who 
in a in a soccer style way got the puck up to Eves, who's a shooter. His job is to shoot the puck from up close, get a good shot, get it over the glove, and he did that. He got back out there and he kept playing strong. He's proven his point to try to stay on this team here. Patrick Sharp came back and responded in the second, but Kyle Quincy took a nice snapshot and scored for once. Uh, the team leader in penalty minutes. Uh, Kyle Quincy has struggled this season containing the puck in both the defensive zone and the neutral zone. He has a lot of turnovers, a lot of penalty minutes. He's been struggling, but he produced. And then followed by Gustav Nyquist from Zetterberg and Abdelkader. That line right there, that top line, has been strong together, and they've been playing well, producing points, and that's what the Red Wings need at this point in time. Uh, going into the third period, they were leading the game, uh, but the Chicago Blackhawks came back. Uh, Kruger had a beautiful wrist shot uh, early on in the third period, and that carried over uh, both through the third period and through overtime into the shootout, where it was a bit of a frenzy, honestly. The, uh, Jonathan Thames and Patrick Sharp both scored for their respective clubs. Patrick Eves also had a goal in the second round. Uh, you know, Todd Bertuzzi had a beautiful goal. Uh, you know, he's always a dazzler in the shootout. Uh, Patrick Kane actually missed, followed by Marion Hosa, uh, Kruger, and Shaw all missed for the Detroit Red Wings side. Zetterberg and Yurko missed, but Darren Helm, who came back against the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, you know, and came out and really was trying to prove his point and not get pushed around as much anymore. Darren Helm hasn't been a factor. He's an injury-prone fantasy player almost. Ba uh, Babcock actually called him a fantasy player at one point because he's always so injured and isn't out on the ice too often. But he got this... He got this shootout goal and he pushed them over. Uh, it was a it was a great play, a, a great shot. Came down with speed and just beat Corey Crawford. He had no time uh, to get control over what he was doing, and it was a beautiful goal. Um, the game the the game really came together um, nicely. The game against the Florida Panthers that was unfortunate. That would that was an unfortunate loss. That was a terrible way to end your road your 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 homestand. That's a terrible way to end your homestand against the Florida Panthers, who's have who's had the Red Wings number this entire season. Uh, you know, you had the lead three to one going into the third. You had the lead at, one, at late in the third, four to two, and they come back two quick goals. Games tied up going into overtime. It's a repetitive. It's a terrible cycle that's been happening throughout the entirety of the season, and it has to stop. Dropping games in the third period, not being able to finish 60 minutes. They played 55. They need 60. It's a 60-minute hockey game. Thomas Tatar said it in an interview after the game. It's a 60-minute game. They played 55. They got scored on. It goes into overtime. It then went into a shootout. They lost in the shootout. That's also a normal thing that's been happening for the Detroit Red Wings this season is losing in the shootout. They lose their lead in the third period, goes into overtime, they can't get the goal, they have some good scoring chances, they go into the, into over, into the shootout, and they lose. They lose the game because they don't have consistency in net, they don't have strong presence, and they don't have goal scorers that are consistently going out there and having these shootout opportunities, getting a feel for what it's like to be in a shootout in the National Hockey League. They don't know what it's like. But, you know, that was the week. They finished it up 3-1-1. One, and, one. and honestly, going into the Olympic Games, you couldn't ask for anything more when you're in a position you know, you're in a rough position trying to fight back in a very, very competitive National Hockey League. And that's what it is. Um, but 
now it's time to break down the positives and negatives and areas of improvement for the week. The Detroit Red Wings have made their statement as a contending team for a playoff spot, but the question still remains, can they muster out enough wins down the stretch to get bumped up into a playoff spot? Whether it be a wild card spot or a divisional spot, you know, we got a declining Montreal Canadian team and a rising Toronto Maple Leaf team. The Atlantic Division is starting to flip around a little bit, and the Red Wings need to find a place of settlement. Hopefully that place of settlement takes them to a 23rd consecutive playoff streak. So let's start off with the positives of the week. There were returns in forwards, defensemen, and goaltending. Alfredson, Helm, Franzen, Erickson, and Gustafsson. All five players that returned and played and contributed, it clearly affects the way that the Red Wings play when their top players aren't in there. Duh, it's obvious. You need to make sure that you're nursing these players and they can stay on the ice because the way that they're playing right now, the Red Wings need to keep them there. If they don't play to their potential because of injury, they need to be taken off the ice so they can be cons- so they can be put on reserve for the playoffs. Make it work with the youngsters. Tatar, Sheehan, and Yurko all playing well. Great second line. Zetterberg, Gustav Nyquist, Justin Ablicator, a top first line. Your third line and your fourth line are always flipping around with different injuries and different situations. You don't know if that second line can go back to a third line. And when you get players like Pavel Datsuk back and you get players like Joachim Anderson back, all of which will affect these rosters and these lineups and eventually the play. And as I was talking about the Tar- Tatar, Sheehan, and Yurko line, they all hit the, sh- the hit the score sheet against the Florida Panthers. They had a beautiful play to get the fourth goal for the Red Wings where Yurko passed it up to Thomas Tatar who slithered a pass over to Riley Sheehan for the goal. It was a beautiful play by the line. The line has really stepped it up. They've developed strongly It's the rookie line, and they're playing on the second string for the Detroit Red Wings. That is a feat in and of itself, and they have come in and really saved the team this season. If it wasn't for the productivity of these three players, along with Gustav Nyquist, who is the NHL second star of the week, uh, which is nationally known by ESPN, shout out to ESPN, all hit the score sheet against the Florida Panthers. That's incredible. I, I really I really enjoy seeing the youngsters really starting to step up their play. It gives you hope for later on when your players like Todd Bertuzzi and Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg and Johan Franz and uh, all decide to retire, hang up their jerseys, and move on. Uh, you got a solid back end of players that are uh, they're, they're, they're a solid backbone for the team. Um, so those are all the positives I have of the week. Positive players, the strong star players that we have of the week. The negatives of the week are, you know, losing those games against St. Louis and Florida. St. Louis, they got slaughtered. They need to figure out a way to compete with the best. That's where you need to be. You need to be able to compete and beat the best. If you can't be able to compete and beat the best, then you'll lose. The playoffs aren't for the meek. It is not for somebody who's just willing to be exhausted into nothing. You need to be able to be competitive night in, night out. Go, travel, get your gear on, and play a playoff-style game for four series in a row to win a Stanley Cup. 
That's what you're going for. When you're a Detroit Red Wing, you sign that contract, you are expecting to win a Stanley Cup. They dropped their worst game to the Blues. It was a terrible thing to watch for any fan, for, for the coaching staff, and for the players. It's embarrassing to lose on home ice like that. It was rough to watch. Against the Florida Panthers, you lost one. You dropped one. When you're winning 3-1, to one, winning 4-2, to two, Mike, Mike Babcock said it. You should not lose that game. You should not lose it at any point. And they did. They lost the game. They got one point. That one point is good, but you need two. You need two points going down the stretch. And that's an area of improvement. Get two points out of these games. Start winning in your back-end shootouts. Start getting goals in overtime. If you're going to push these games beyond the third period, you need to be able to hold your own on the back end and be able to constructively put something together and continue to mesh in the vacancies of these players that aren't there. And eventually, hopefully, they'll return and the Red Wings will cohesively come together towards the end beyond the Olympic stretch and into the playoff stretch. Playing full games, staying competitive, staying confident, staying strong, a vibe in the locker room needs to be strong. It needs to be veteran leadership stepping up and saying, listen, guys, we got this. We can handle this. It, 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 it doesn't lie in the hands of every single player. It lines in the hands of the leaders to step up and say, listen, it's our time to pull things together and try to figure this thing out because if you can't, it's over. All right, guys, so that's pretty much all I got for the week. I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good week for the Wings. Uh, you know, they got, uh, they got 10 points in the week and they moved up in the standings. They have a little bit more of a presence. I would just like to say thank you for tuning in to Octopi Hockey Town. Uh, we're going to be coming back again next week with more information to talk about the Detroit Red Wings, how they played in their next week of play, uh, coming up against the Flyers, against the Washington Capitals, and a little home-and-home -home action. Uh, Friday and Sunday, they got a Flyers game on Tuesday. Um, so I hope that everybody has a wonderful week and that everybody stays warm in the Michigan area. If you're listening from beyond, thank you. And if you're in a warm area, I'm jealous. Um, Detroit Red Wings fans and faithfuls, you can hit us up on www.impact89fm.org slash sports. It's where you get all of our content, recaps, game updates, injury reports, podcasts, uh, live specials. And then you can also listen uh, to the only live radio show from MSU, uh, The Pact, 88.9 FM, Monday, 7 to 8 p.m., uh, we'll come at you live and debate some of the best topics from all sports, both nationally, locally, and the ones that really, really fire you up. Uh, next week, we got uh, Detroit Red Wings talk coming on the back end uh, from 45 to uh, 55. Uh, so that's 745 to 755. So if you want to check out the Pact, you can live stream it online. Like I said, www.impact89fm.org slash sports. Or you can listen to it live on a radio if you got one of those things still in your home. Uh, if you're driving down the road in your car, uh, check us out. Impact Sports is really moving up the ranks. Thank you very much, guys. I'm Austin Goodman. Love being the host of uh, Octopi Hockey Town. And uh, stay pretty, folks.